Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Nickish Show. It is Sunday, November 1st, first day of daylight savings. It's about to get dark at like 5 o'clock now. Uh, so that'd be some depressing times up ahead with the with the election in a couple of days, but you know mm. we're here to we're here to talk a little bit about the New York Knicks and the NBA. Uh, my name is Mo, and I'm here with my man Nafi. What's going on, man? Not much, bro. I mean, we we pretend saying our greetings right now because uh, we we did just get off a sportscaster session. So those of uh, our viewers that decided to actually give our podcast a listen, they know that this is the continuation. So we appreciate them tuning in you know what i mean mm-hmm. but um as you said you know this is our sunday edition of the pod might be a short edition you know what i mean but if you want to talk politics we could do that you know what i mean like i feel like or we want to save that for a special edition of nickish at night we got coming up yeah i mean let's let's make the point if you haven't voted yet what are you waiting for you got election day coming up in three days you had all these days to go early if you haven't gone yet go as soon as possible i dropped my ballot off a couple of days ago and um good shit good shit yeah I, I know you voted a little earlier than i did but at the end of the day just got just make sure you vote you know every vote counts even if you're in new york and you think it's automatically going to go blue let let the whole world know just how badly a certain somebody can lose by you yeah. know electoral college popular vote all that every vote counts let that number increase as much as it as much as it can and let let a certain somebody know that you know the majority of this country does not want him back in the office. Facts, bro. And it's just like, if you're in a battleground state, if and for some reason you're listening to a Knicks podcast, maybe you're a New Yorker that moved out to like some of these states, go fucking vote especially. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I got relatives in Pennsylvania. I definitely hope they vote. I will reach out to see that they did. You know what I mean? hope you do that. I hope you do that as soon as we're off. You shoot them a quick text. Facts, because Pennsyl- like Pennsylvania went to Trump fucking 20, 2016 mm-hmm. let's not have that happen again you know what i mean yeah. um yeah i mean shit like our democracy is at fucking state i'm gonna just that's not even a understatement that's not even an overstatement you know what i mean people will say it's like paranoia but everything that's come out about this administration and their intentions literally this dude fucking this this fucking fat fuck we got in the office in the white house right now was at a rally yesterday and he's just like oh hopefully i win by election night but if not you know supreme court you know will Give me to win the day after or some shit like that. He's Son. literally already alluding to it. You know what I mean? Then one of his own spokespeople show up on Fox News today and was just like, oh, if the election results end on election night, Trump will win. And hopefully no results, hopefully no extra votes will be counted afterwards. That's illegal as shit. Never in the history of America has like the election been over on election night. It's always been when all the votes are counted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these people, it's like if you read 1984... You know, in high school, which I feel like everybody fucking did. That was on every fucking mm-hmm. yep. uh, curriculum. What, what, what was their thing in the 1984? They would literally tell you lies and make you think what actually happened didn't happen. You know what I mean? I'm paraphrasing, obviously, what happened in the book, but what's going on here? You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's why at the end of the day, you just want a landslide victory. So there's facts. no there's no room for that kind of conversation to even happen. So every vote counts. 
Go out, go vote. Let all your family and relatives know to go vote. It all counts. Every single one counts. Now we're going to move forward to <laughs> the NBA <laughs> real quick, which is what we are a podcast for. Uh, but it is Sunday edition, so we'll, we'll talk about whatever. But um, the NBA season start date is still unknown. There was a date of December 22nd. The NBA Players Association did not agree with it. And now I think the the vote or the next time they're going to discuss it is November 5th is from what I saw. Um, that's, you know, the whole, the whole NBA season, this whole next year is going to be up in the air from, from what we see. We have no idea when everything, anything's going to happen. Um, but what we do know is that the draft is only 17 days away. We have a lot of prospects that we're looking into as fans and as the organization goes. And another statement that was made was that the Knicks are down to take on bad contracts, which is music to all New York Knicks fans' ears. That's something that we've been wanting for years, especially <laughs> since we saw what happened with the Brooklyn Nets when they took on that Timofey Mozgov contract, got D'Angelo Russell out of it, which led to them being a playoff team, which led them looking good in front of certain players' eyes, and they were able to sign said certain players. So yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good. So that's what this podcast is mostly going to be about. We're going we're gonna to go a little back and forth between different bad contracts we think it would be ideal for the Knicks to take on uh, this next season. Top of the list is obviously CP3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, if we're going to go into the bad contracts, we could briefly talk about CP3. I know that topic's been beat, like, like it, what was the old phrase, phrase or whatever, um, beating a dead horse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We beat that. We, we beat the shit out of that dead horse. Yeah. But I feel like it comes back to more, like, the CP3 conversation is more relevant now just because of what happened with Philadelphia, I think. Um, we know there was a sketchy history with Doc and CP3. Daryl Morey just took over, and he loved CP3. He's president of Basketball Ops. It definitely makes sense that he would want to bring in CP3 to, like, not only obviously compliment his young two stars, but be that leader to, you know, get them to fucking get on the same page. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be a situation where if, you know, we were quibbling over, like, little details about possibly for a possible CP3 deal, but I think it might get to a point where, like, now – Possibly is going to be more suitors, you know, so I think he's off the table is my point. You know, I'm going to act like we're not going to get him, um, even though all the smoke said we were. But if it comes to bad contracts, I don't know. I mean, what's a one to one major one that comes to mind right now for you? I think easily Mike Conley is that is that player that would fit very well Mm. with the Knicks for a similar reason as Chris Paul does. He only has one year left in his contract, so that risk factor doesn't really play as much. Um, And. The Jazz have the 23rd pick, so maybe that would be the sweetener for them. Uh, and in return, the Jazz might be able to pick up a solid role player to go alongside Gobert and Mitchell that Mike Conley just wasn't. They they, they weren't a good fit together. So, mm. um, I don't even think it Mitchell, was about fit. I think Conley probably got a little better, but I think it's just his contract is just so big, and they're like a small market, you know what I mean? But overall, I think that's a good point, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't as yeah. ideal, because we all thought Conley going there was a perfect fit, Then he suddenly mm-hmm. looks washed. Like, what the hell? Yeah, and I think it's just his usage percentage just went down by a lot compared mm-hmm. to the way it was in Memphis. Dovin Mitchell just demands the ball, as he should, because um, he's he's really good with it, but <laughs> if, if, if Mike Conley were to come to New York, and let's say Randall ended up being shipped out, which wouldn't be too bad of a fit with, with Gobert over there, um, mm-hmm. His usage rate would go a lot better. His usage rate would be a lot higher, c- comparable mm. to what it was in Memphis as a point guard of the of the team. And we might see a similar Mike Conley 
and uh, uh, that Conley was a lot better of a player than he was last season. Yeah, because, I mean, to your point, naturally his usage is going to be higher, and I think, you know, if we're talking about, I don't know, I think this is correlated to the CP3 conversation. CP3 kind of blows away Conley as a player, but that leadership aspect I think is going to be there. I don't think he's, sure. Conley's not that ruthless guy that CP3 is. No, nah, he's nice every, as fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's never gotten a tech, you know what I mean? So he's going to mm-hmm. be like, kind of coddling the young players a little bit but i also feel like he's a he's a floor general regardless you know what i mean like he was the 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 tip of the spear for those like uh, grit and grind you know what i mean grizzly squads so i think you know he would be a good good candidate if we're just looking for a salary dump but i mean let's look at some big salaries how about that are you, now when you say big salaries or bad contracts are you thinking just um expiring contracts or no, would you take no. like a multiple year deal? It, I guess it depends on the deal, right? Tobias mm. Harris is one name that always pops out, and his contract ends a long time from now. John Wall, I would not even want to get close to as, no, as a contract. Like I yeah, stay stay that. miles away from that contract. His contract is not going to end for years. Man is owed like forty five million every year. It's an insane contract. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to mention a certain other deal. Uh, as as you continue to to look up the bigger contracts, and I think this this deal is probably the one that stood out the most to me as a potential for the Knicks. That would be really solid. Fred Van Vliet has been connected to the Phoenix Suns as a potential team uh, to I join, mm-hmm. and the Suns were probably the breakout team of the bubble when eight and zero, and we know that they're basically primed to make that playoff push for next season. And the player that kind of doesn't fit as well as he could or has players ahead of him that are outperforming him is Kelly Oubre. And the Suns have that number 10 pick. So what they can do is clear out Oubre's contract, give us a number 10 Hmm. pick, and in return we'll give them a player to match the salary. Uh, I can't think of one at the moment. I actually don't know Ubre's contract deal by the number. I think it's like wait, 16 wait, wait. or you, 17. You, you're proposing Kelly Ubre and the 10th overall pick comes to us? Bro, that's a steal. I don't see any way Phoenix does that, bro. Because, I mean, Ubre's if they, contract... If, they, if they're trying about, to get Fred Van Vliet on their team, they're, they might need to. Yeah, but don't they have cap space enough? They have 84 mil, right, in sa- total salaries next season. And if the cap is similar to what it was this year, that's about roughly maybe 20 mil in cap space. Mm, I low-key so think that might, that might be enough. That yeah. might work. And I also just think, like, Kelly Oubre, like, say what you will about him. He hasn't kind of lived up to the hype he had going back to Kansas, his days at Kansas. But he's, uh, he's a young player that fits well with Booker. He fills that 3-4 spot for Phoenix. And I just don't feel like they would give up on an ascending player. I was thinking more so that you were – thinking about rubio he's got the bigger mm. contract yep and like Pusa, it was almost like he was a godsend for phoenix just because like booker is just playing with like a revolving door of bullshit at point guard you know what i mean um but see i so, don't think i don't think they'd want to give up rubio because because of that exact reasoning for fred van vliet isn't a pastor you know well, that's the thing but i mean Oubre stuck behind uh bridges that's true but it's also like i mean no Oubre was starting no mccall bridges was uh came off the bench and then they probably also like mix and matches the lineup because i mean he was I breaking with, out in the bubble I, I don't know who the starting lineup was you could be right on that but i figured yeah. bridge is but, gonna um, start i mean they traded for Ubre. phoenix traded for Ubre. 
He's a young player that's ascending. I think Rubio makes sense just because, like, to your point, yeah, obviously he had a positive effect. But with, with Van Fleet, I feel like he's younger. They could lock him up for longer because Rubio's an inspiring contract. He has a jumper, which would obviously help uh, Booker. You know what I mean? And it's not that Van Fleet can't pass. He, You don't want him to be your primary creator. You know what I mean? Um, which is, I think, what he would be if he comes to us or even just goes to Detroit. But on Phoenix, he would be like the perfect complementary point guard to Booker because he'll play rugged defense. It's like Rubio. He's a smart player. You know what I mean? Like, despite obviously like not measuring up to Rubio in terms of passing. And he's also a great shooter and he's clutch. You know what I mean? And I think Phoenix has enough cap space to throw him the bag. So, especially if they trade Rubio. So, if they're going to give us Rubio and maybe like a couple of seconds and we throw them, I don't know, who the fuck can we throw them? Dennis Smith? You know what I mean? That's who I, I mean, was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also just like Dennis Smith has negative value, so like <laughs> they probably wouldn't even do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I also, I mean, interesting thing is like up until the draft, technically all those expiring contracts we have that we have the option on, we could still pick up the option literally right before the draft or the day of the draft. Because right. do you remember draft night? I think it was 2017. It was either immediately after the draft. It was definitely before free agency, but. Chris Paul had a player option. He picked up the player option. Then he got traded to Houston. Remember that? That was so. I think it could work the same way. We could probably, you know, if like Phoenix wants um, Bobby Portis for some reason, you know what I mean, like a stretch big man. <laughs> yeah. We fucking pick up that option, send him trade over. Him. You know what I mean? And they give us Rubio and like a second round pick. That's not a classic salary dump. You know, salary dumps involve like a really poisonous contract and maybe a first round pick attached to it, but. Yeah, I'll take a second-round pick and a point guard, you know what I mean? Like a stopgap point guard like Rubio. And I fucking love Rubio, you know what I mean? Like I was a Rubio stan years ago. He obviously didn't pan out to be like the legendary mm-hmm. Spanish legendary Magic passer. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, his passer. Yo, his highlights, his highlights from the Spanish League were mm. impeccable. Beautiful. Yeah, and then that rookie season, good Lord. Like David Kahn, that, like, we're going off a whole tangent, but David Kahn was the Minnesota GM at the time. And he got a lot of shit for it, but at the time, he didn't want to give Kevin Love the super max because he was saving it for Rubio. And me at the time, I was like, that's understandable. This kid is crazy. <laughs> he was making these elite passes, and I was just like, how the fuck did he see that? You know what I mean? It's just that his rest of his, rest of his game didn't kind of flourish, and we're here now. You know what I mean? Talk about right. him as a salary dump. But but speaking of the Wolves, on. actually, there's uh, another one that I had an eye out for is James Johnson. Uh, sixteen million dollar contract, free agent twenty twenty one, and you gotta start thinking a little bit about what the direction the Wolves want to head to, especially when they have two All Stars on their team and Russell, Cat. They got the number one pick. What what exactly do they want to do? Are they a developing team? Are they a playoff team? What what exactly do they want? And my assumption is that they're gonna want to push for the playoffs. And mm-hmm. James Johnson just doesn't have that, you know, talent to really push him over the edge. He's a good locker room leader, but. I don't know that sixty million dollar contract. I don't even think he's a good locker room reader because like it doesn't he have like a sketchy history with domestic violence? Like, does you know he? What I mean, I'm pretty I, sure I he just, does. I just seen him on the court. I figured he has that fire. I'm just assuming he brings that fire <laughs> to the locker room. But shit, if he's if he's right, fuck. Um, <laughs> let's let's assume let's just let's just go by the assumption that he doesn't have that. Um, the the wolves, I believe. The, the what's what's that? Are we talking about James Boss? John, if we're like removing like the possible character issues with domestic violence are you talking about like him being a positive as a leader or as a no player? no 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 i'm just saying for the wolves i don't really know what his role would be exactly i don't think they much they really have 
that kind of necessity for him to be on the team, especially if they're making a playoff push. But what if they'd be interested in Randall? They would have no defense on the team. D'Lo and Randall would be back together again, but I think Randall's a lot better than James Johnson. Their salary numbers are relatively close. They have the number one pick. They'll draft whoever they get. They get Randall for James Johnson. We might be able to get the 17th pick. I think it's interesting because I honestly think um, Minnesota's going to trade the number one pick. You know, there's a lot of I think there's a lot of um, fire to the all the smoke with the James Weissman to Charlotte thing. I think Michael Jordan, who's been so anti-tanking, he suddenly finds himself with the third overall pick. And what we know about MJ's history, especially as a GM, which is he has, he actually has a long history as an owner slash GM now, which is kind of wild because he's fucking Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like the icon of the game, but that's just a random tangent. But he almost always, when he gets into a draft, he locks on to one player and he just will not move off that infatuation. Like infamously, obviously, Kwame Brown in the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Charlotte, like the Frank Kaminsky fiasco in 2015. Boston offered four first-round picks. MJ was like, nah, I'm taking the white mm-hmm. boy from Wisconsin. He's mine. <laughs> Fuck that. So I think it could be the same kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like he's he still owns the team. Uh, multiple reporters. It's not just one person, excuse me, saying that James Wiseman is like is loved by Charlotte. It's like multiple different reporters. You know what I mean? So to me, that makes it make me think it's legit. Um, MJ has no reason to lie. You know what I mean? Agreed. He's he's at the fuck. If you're at the third overall pick in a crapshoot draft, you know what I mean? There's no reason to really be like super sneaky about what you want, especially when mm-hmm. the top two people ahead of you aren't really sure about keeping the pick. You know what I mean? Right. So I think they take Wiseman at one. With with Minnesota moving down to three, I low key think there could be a chance where we somehow parlay eight, Randall, you know what I mean, maybe twenty seven to move up to three. They give us James Johnson in three. I don't know if it's possible, you know what I mean, but I think whatever Minnesota does with the first overall pick will affect what they do with like a salary dump. You know so what you're mean? saying eight and Randall for Johnson in three. That's not Johnson, bad. Johnson in three. For Randall, 8 and 27. Because I think the third overall pick, even if it's a weak draft, still top three pick, you know what I mean? And I don't that's know. Not, that's I mean, not bad. That's not bad at all. I, yeah, I see s- it from the Wolves' uh, point of view. I think it makes sense for them because no one in the top three really fits well with that team, uh, especially since Cat should really play the center role. And they, they already have D'Lo playing the one slash two. Uh, so Edwards and LaMelo don't really fit that well, and neither does Facts. Wiseman. So. Shit, that's they. They might need a Vassal Coro type of player, which falls down to eight. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I that's feel a like, good one. Yeah, I mean, it seems like I know the Bleacher Report said Coro is. They had us taking Coro at eight. So if they're look, if Minnesota's in the market for a wing, and like you said, Vassal, and then now Coro, if he's like in that eight range, I don't know. I mean, that might be a trade that could work. You know, maybe we might need to throw in Knox. I'm down to throw in Knox if it gets us into the top three, like. Uh, Knox, Rando, 8, and 27. Because at the end of the day, I keep going back to it, it's the third overall pick. And we got to think about, like, yeah, trade-ups but it's the third overall. It's the third overall pick in the 2020 draft. Who's who's that good that you're willing to give up three young prospects plus Rando, who is a solid player? Depends, because in my, in my eyes, like, or not even my eyes, just from the reporting, like, we keep hearing about all the point guards that Knicks love. But they always throw in that caveat that, aside from Lamelo, these are their favorite point guards. You know what I mean? 
I think Berman maybe intimated that Killian Hayes might be their perf- preference over LaMelo, but I think LaMelo is still somebody the front office likes. And you and I just had a discussion on Sportscaster about why we wouldn't want him on the team, but if the front office really does like LaMelo like that, I could definitely see that trade up possibly a thing. But I don't know. It's just spitballing. Yeah. yeah, that might be a little generous. 827 Randall and Knox for LaMelo. Might be a bit generous because Knox mean, Knox has that potential to be that off the off the bench role player who's gonna come in and drop buckets. He still is mm-hmm, extremely mm-hmm. young. He's like twenty twenty one years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, eight and three talent wise might not be that different than it would be in most years. That's also true. And also, I kind of go back to just the fact that we have Walt Perrin, and I think shout out to the Strickland because they had a, a podcast episode where. Um, no, no, not Strickland. I mean, shout out to Strickland anyway, but I think it was Nick's film school, Matt, who was saying <laughs> yeah. before Walt Perrin even joined the the front office, he was in an interview and he said the best range for talent where he wants to be in this upcoming draft is between 15 and 40. You know what I mean? So I think if Walt Perrin has a major say in the draft, I don't even think we'll trade up. I think it will be a trade down. So I think that's more yeah. likely. But if we're just talking hypotheticals and we're trying to like get a top three and like, you know, get rid of Randall and take on a quote unquote bad contract. You know, that that hypothetical would work, but which brings me actually back to uh, the Jazz because while Perrin has that Jazz connection, he might have a better idea than most of what the Jazz is looking for. And if we get that Mike Conley and maybe an added pick to it, that pick I think I mean since the Jazz were a playoff team, that pick I think is in the twenties, high twenties, you know, like mm. twenty three or some shit. Um, we could get that twenty third pick and he'll have that chance to show what he's capable of. We have we have the capsologist in Brock Aller who's gonna do what he does and try to make it all work. I think there's that, that positive connection because we do have a connection to the Jazz now with, with Perrin on the team or front office. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um any other bad contracts come to mind? Cause, what know, do you think what do you think of Al Horford? Because that's that's the first name no, bro. that's hell the first no, name that a lot of people are saying. And obviously, between Horford and Harris, one of those guys got to go with Daryl Morey at the front office as president. My thing is, if you if you make a trade with Daryl Morey, any franchise, not just the Knicks, but especially the Knicks, if 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 we make a trade with Daryl Morey, you will not win that trade because it's Daryl Morey. You know what I mean? He's he's a negotiate like he's a notoriously known as a hyper vigilant negotiator. You know what I mean? Like he'll make sure he'll get what he wants in a trade. You know what I mean? The only time where he kind of he kind of got fleece was just last season that I remember. You mean the that Westbrook trade? That was a big trade. one. Yeah. That was a big one, but like from all accounts, it seems like it was driven by Harden being petty as shit with Chris Paul mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and Fertitta, Fertitta, whatever the fuck his like Mexican food ass name is. Like he didn't fuck with CP3 either. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I definitely, I, my point is just like, yo, be careful trading with Maury. You know what I mean? Like oh, even Schwinny sure. on, on Twitter was just like, yo, Fuck, <laughs> because it means Leon Rose can't fleece Elton Brand. He's gonna have to deal with fucking <laughs> fucking um, <laughs> Maury. Maury now, like that's a whole different conversation, bro. <laughs> yeah. Let's say you get two first rounders, um, mm. out of out of Horford, because that is an albatross of a contract. Top three, top two worst contracts in the NBA right now. You'd have to get minimum two on unprotected. I don't. I forgot what year it ends. I think it ends in twenty twenty three. Um. I mean, what's in it for Philadelphia, though? You know what I mean? Because it's got to be an absolute win for them to unload a contract, you know? Like, I saw a lot of people say what would interestingly be a good kind of 
trade spot for Horford, trade him to fucking Houston. You know what I mean? Eric Gordon for Al Horford, maybe whatever the finer details are, I feel like both teams would benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Maury was a former GM of the Rockets, so is yeah, that relationship exactly. going to be an issue? I mean, well, we, Tita, we know we know he stepped down, but we don't know if he was forcefully stepped down. I mean, Furtado or whatever the fuck his name is, but was pretty complimentary about Maury. You know what I mean? He he gave him the actual avenue to step down. You know what I mean? Like just out of respect, I think. And even Fertitta said in a in a quote, he's just like. I'm going to still call him up every now and then, you know what I mean, just to, like, get his take on shit. And I don't think it's it's a big worry to him just because it's Eastern Conference, Western Conference, you know what I mean? So I think it helps uh, Houston just because, you know, Horford's on the down downside or the downturn of his career, but he's a stretch big, you know what I mean? Rockets have no bigs. Like, they did that whole experiment, you know what I mean, with uh, no bigs going like Covington or P.J. Tucker at the five. But with a new coach, no more D'Antoni, no more Maury, I think they're looking for a big, like, Eric Gordon just has a big contract as well. So it would just be a swap of big contracts. And I just think Gordon fits better on the Sixers and Horford fits better on the Rockets, you know what I mean? So I think that's a good spot for him. I just, I don't know, I just don't want Horford on the Knicks, no matter how many picks they offer. And even if they do offer picks, who would they take back, you know what I mean? Like, in your hypothetical, who are we giving to Philly for Horford? There's no one good enough on the Knicks to be on that roster. Even if we talk about Randall, Randall isn't that much better than Horford, if we're going to be real. And then what Randall is like. It's just a matter of whether or not Maury wants to just clear the cap space because they have so many monster contracts on that team. Yeah, but then Maury's like, I saw how mad writers make the point. He doesn't make moves just to like make moves. He's almost always looking to upgrade the roster. Like He's always tinkering and shit. So he's not going to just like give up assets to dump a contract. Unless he's getting like something valuable in return, and I think like if it's Randall for Horford, it just makes more sense to keep Horford because it was an ugly fit with MB just because they try to go that traditional too big lineup, even though Horford can shoot. But Randall don't even got a jump shot like that. You know what I mean? He's a dumber player than Horford by far. Mm-hmm. Worse on defense. Him and um, Simmons will not fit well at all. Hell no, bro. And like Embiid is gonna beat the shit out of Randall. You know, you know what I mean? He sees that one spin move in the post, like Randall spinning into Embiid's like sweet spot in the in the paint. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be hands and feet thrown at each other. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I just don't see it. But I mean, about Tobias you... Harris? Would you take Tobias? No, I think his contract ends after a long time. I think his contract ends in like twenty twenty three. I think Doc Rivers might like playing with Harris on his team. That was one of his uh, bright spots over his career since since Boston. <laughs> but obviously, one of those guys got to go. I don't think Daryl Morey cares um, who. I don't think he has like a preference, but I think one of those guys are going to go. I think as far as team success goes, I think Harris might be better fit, a better fit on the team just as a scorer and mm-hmm. a guy who has a jumper, and Horford's just a bit on the older side. What if, since we're on the topic of the Sixers and Daryl Morey, I kind of texted this to you when you when you mentioned or you told me about the breaking news that Maury was going to the Sixers. Mm. Is Embiid on the table for us? Would you would you want to make a deal for Embiid? Like, what if like low key he becomes available? He's a former Leon Rose client, former CAA client. You know what I mean? I mean, we're gonna have to give up Mitch, right? Mitch and Mitch and what? Mitch, uh, definitely the Dallas picks. Um, Randall. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do we like the question is, do we even have enough? You know, like, say what you will about Embiid, that's still a, a top tier player. You know? Yeah, I mean, 
No, I don't think I would do it. I think I'd rather do it for Ben Simmons, honestly, than Embiid. Oh, yeah. He's I'd, younger. I, yeah. You know, younger, and he, he wasn't – they both have major injury histories, but Embiid's injury history is a lot scarier than yeah, than yeah. Simmons. And if Embiid and Simmons weren't successful enough in Philly in the East, then how much more successful will Embiid be on the Knicks with R.J. Barrett, who is significantly – not significantly, but currently less talented than Ben Simmons as a player? I think he's significantly, bro. Ben Simmons is like a – I think this term gets thrown a lot, around a lot, but Ben Simmons is a generational passer. <laughs> Easily, <laughs> like, yeah. he could he yeah. could have been the next you know LeBron if he had a jumper. But he still might be something like similar. I mean, he's still too young, and I just it's but just, moving if, on a whole topic. But if yeah, that, if that team didn't work out, I don't see you know I don't see that working out in New York. That's not worth giving up everything that we've been working towards the last three years. Well, that's the thing. I think like it'll be easier to build. I'll, like a lot of people make this argument, and I'm kind of coming around to it. It might be easier to build with them separately, with Embiid and Simmons. Like they're each their own centerpiece on different teams than it would be to build them together. Because I mean, Philly's been having trouble with it, but you know, to us, it's, it's simple, right? What they should have done all this time is just you got those two. You know what I mean? Just surround them with shooting. You know, I think Tobias is a good fit. He'll play that stretch four. Why do like Porford? Like I was up, on that. They move. gave up Redick. Yeah, and then. <laughs> Josh Richardson, he's a nice three and D piece, but he's not that pure shooter Reddick was. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like when you have Embiid and uh and Simmons, like I feel like your defense can be anchored well enough that I don't know. I, but I also feel like Josh Richardson was a good pickup because they were giving up Butler anyway. They were looking to let him go, so it's like a good consolation prize. But po- point remains, like I don't think um Embiid or Simmons have been built around correctly in optimal solutions, and I think. And beat coming to New York in a hypothetical situation with his former agent running shit. You know what I mean? With Tibbs, who's who loves to have big men like control shit from the post, either the mid or low post. You know what I mean? Like he was famously, obviously, Joakim Noah, the, the mid post, high post passing. Carl Towns posted up more playing under Tibbs. I think that would be a natural fit, and I think Embiid has proven he could be a defensive anchor. You know what I mean? So, I and he's also, I mean, he's about to be 27 years old in a couple of months. He's he's getting older, you know. It's it's that injury history is I think is just too much of a risk factor for us to give up the whole yard for or the whole farm oh, for yeah. rather. No doubt. I mean there's definite risk. So that's why I'm thinking like we might like the risk has to be taken into play, but it's also like, bro, like I don't know, like he's a star, an all star, you know, and knock on what he's been healthy so far. Um but he's a ready-made talent, so if, like, if Embiid's suddenly, I'm talking about in an extreme high, hypothetical fairy tale situation. If he's on the table suddenly this summer, I would I would be mad at Leon and Wes if they didn't at least pursue it. You know what I mean? Because if we let, let's say hypothetical, we get Embiid this summer, boom, we got 21-21 or 20-21 with those free agents. I think free agents would be more open to coming here because it's a simple rule we've learned through these last couple of years: stars want to play with other stars. You know what I mean? So. And I think I don't know how popular Embiid is. He talks mad shit, which mm-hmm. I personally love. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that too. But yeah, maybe and maybe Tibbs could be the perfect coach to bring his work ethic out. You know, he also might play him like forty minutes a game and make him break down in two seasons. So who knows? Like, but I like Embiid. You know, I I would I would be upset if Leon didn't at least entertain the idea of training for Embiid. You know, because. I mean, the general idea is, yo, we got to be more aggressive in trying to get these young stars and be less um, possessive of the young players. You know what I mean? So I think this is this has got to be that. You know, like if if Steve Mills and Scott Perry wouldn't want to give up Mitch for Anthony Davis last year, 
I don't want that same situation being repeated. You know what I mean? Because that sounds crazy right now. Like that sentence I just said. Steve Mills and Scott Perry said nah to like including Mitch in a deal for Anthony fucking Davis. You and I were cool with it at the time. Mm-hmm. But now I'm looking at it like, yo, what the fuck were we thinking? We were just drinking that Kool-Aid, bro. Like, we let Steve Mills fool us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much most of, I, most of the names that I have. I know one other name that was brought up was Gordon Hayward, uh, who has, like, a $34 million contract. If he could keep his MAGA ass in Boston. like, <laughs> <laughs> Bro, um... Funny enough, I saw Indiana might be interested in Gordon Hayward. I'm just like, why not? Just like, just do let him do like a whole like nationwide tour of the widest NBA cities: Utah, <laughs> Boston, Indiana. If we get an expansion team in Alaska, send his ass over there. Mm. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean that that's pretty that pretty much wraps up this episode uh, of the Nickish Show. If you guys are listening to us for the first time, make sure you follow us on all streaming platforms. Make sure you follow us on Sportscaster. The link is in our Instagram bio at Nickish Show. We got plenty of live streams going on there, especially every Wednesday. We we have our Nickish at Night show with a new guest every week, um, and we got this podcast going on every week as well. We got Nickish cup of coffee and this Sunday edition. We appreciate you guys listening in. Again, please make sure you vote. Please wear a mask, dude. All these cases are gonna skyrocket. After no, yesterday, are, after Halloween oh and Thanksgiving coming up, uh, there's no there's no end in sight. But please make sure you're staying safe. Please be smart. I know you want to go on a rant right now, but bro, we'll, we'll save that. Me we literally broke the 100k cases in a day record like two days ago, and people was just like, "Oh, we passed the peak." And Thanksgiving, with everyone and their bro. families are gonna be together. It's it's inevitable that we're gonna break probably 150. Yeah, Thanksgiving's canceled. Like, if mm-hmm. people are wise, they'll cancel that shit. Because even Fauci said, like, yo, just for the good of your own health and like your family's health, just don't do Thanksgiving. But people are like selfish, you know what I mean? Like, so it is what it is. So I'm gonna just leave it there because we closing out. I'm not gonna end it with a rant, <laughs> you know what I mean? But check out Sportscaster, especially our last episode with Andy, part of the MBK fam. You know what I mean? Check out their content as well on Sportscaster. I know. Uh, fellow MBK uh, uh, member Guillermo is like top of the leaderboard, so definitely mm-hmm. check out his content and um, yep. yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, and for check out our... check out the other guy, Sim Russell, who just had an interview with John Wallace, which is dope. Um, oh yeah, yeah and facts, Iru facts. of Die Hard Nick's podcast, Isaiah. They got they have a whole crew of guys got growing every day with their facts. content, uh, making good you know dope Nick's content daily. So check that out um, and continue checking us out. Till next time, peace. Peace.